Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Through several interviews with renowned jazz critics, music professors, writers, and a new in-depth intimate interview with the artist listening to kenny g is a multifaceted exploration of the two extremes between the musician's critics and his super fans revealing a meditation on the larger idea of artistic taste and how musical preferences define us and then they do so that is so true in the uh, film we're talking about is called listening to kenny g and we're very fortunate and honored to have back on the program the director and that would be penny lane Penny Lane, welcome back to Film School Radio. Hello, thanks for having me. Very welcome. First of all, if you had told me someone was going to do a documentary about Kenny G, and I would be interested in seeing it, I don't think I would have said that's true. (laughs) However, you have put together a really fascinating look at a man who I have prejudged. I have misjudged in so many ways, and so I'm thankful for that. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you to do listening to Kenny G. Well, first of all, thank you for saying that. That's very kind. You know, initially what happened was Bill Simmons um, was putting together a series of music documentaries for HBO called The Music Box. And he asked me to pitch him ideas for music documentaries. To be totally honest, at first I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I just, like, I never watched music documentaries. I, I certainly never imagined I would make one. Um, it's a pretty tough form, I think. So, but I really liked Bill and I wanted the job. So <laughs> I, uh, I decided to think about it a little more. And so really the whole project came from kind of two things that are related, but different. The first is that I had spent over a decade of my life teaching art to undergraduates, filmmaking and art. You know, I would have these conversations with my students where we would talk about the criteria by which we judge a work of art. And we would discuss the fact that those criteria, while meaningful, are subjective. They're, they're not objective. There's no objective criteria that you could use to say a work of art is good or bad. But I also would say, uh, but I am grading you. <laughs> you know, so there, there are people, so we all know that taste is subjective, but there are people in society, and we can just sort of shorthand it by saying, like, cultural elites, right? Your art teacher is a cultural elite in your universe because that person is making judgments about your art that are, you know, um, have, uh, have weight. Uh, so I just always thought that was kind of an interesting thing to think about. And then the other thing was just I was thinking about music and what makes music so special. And as you said in your introduction, it really is so deeply tied up with our sense of identity in a way that just isn't true for other art forms. Like, you know, you might love the novels of Toni Morrison or the paintings of Vermeer, but it would be very weird to discover that someone had constructed like an entire kind of like public facing identity based on that, the way that you might find with like a Grateful Dead fan or a goth or something. So those are the two starting points the no objective criteria for art and music as identity. And then from there, it really was obvious that it had to be Kenny G. There was no one else that I could think of who would be as perfect for that kind of exploration. And just to your point, I think one of the things that for me defines music in the way that you described it is it 
it bypasses, uh, it, it leapfrogs our kind of our cognitive filter mm-hmm. of what it is we, we, uh, we are drawn to or why we like something in an intellectual way. And it goes right past all of that into some other part of our brain that is much totally. more endearing to us, I think, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So, well, mm-hmm. um, so you, you made a decision. Kenny G had to be this, this person that you wanted to do the documentary about. And seeing him in the documentary, I think I know the answer to the question, but what, if any, kind of resistance or reticence did he have on his part to be a part of this, knowing that he has been such a polarizing individual in the world of music? Yeah. Um, yeah, the short answer is, as you said, really, uh, none, no, no resistance. Um, he was super excited about it. He wanted to do it. And then he was just nothing but gracious and generous and, you know, fun and professional and open every minute of the day. I mean, it was like a dream collaboration. He made it so easy and so fun. And, you know, I think he just trusted me. I mean, when people ask him why he did it, he tends to say that that's why he met me and he trusted me. So I think that that, um, that, that, that probably went both ways as well. I trusted him too. Yeah. There's a moment early in the film where he's sitting down for, I think it's the first interview, sit-down interview with him in the film, and he asks you mm-hmm. about whether he should wear a sweater or this shirt. And and you said, I'm not giving too much away here. I love this shirt. And that was it. He seemed, that is a, <laughs> a kind, of, kind of a nice little snapshot into the relationship that it seems that you had. It was, it was just that. Um, so let's talk about Kenny G, because he goes back to the 1980s, I believe, is when he first started to produce yeah. records. And mm-hmm. from the very beginning, he he kind of, well, I say not quite the very, very beginning, but certainly uh, within a couple of years, he had established himself with a particular sound. And if you choose to describe it, um, how would you? Interesting question. Um, the sound is... Uh, there's a lot of reverb built into it. Yes. It is a bit sort of, it's sort of um, a little bit shiny and maybe you might say goopy. Um, there's like a, a kind of breathless romanticism to it, but straining for perfection. It's not raw. It's like whatever the opposite of raw is. It's very right. cooked. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's refined. Let's. I think that's one possible word to use to describe his music. You know, it's funny because for me, I am a music, really a music person. I have my entire life been immersed in all kinds of music. He's one artist where my intellectual brain kicks in as to whether or not I should like or not like his music. And it's. I don't know why that is. It's funny. From the very first time I think I was aware of Kenny G., I felt like there was something too easy about his music, and therefore mm-hmm. I was suspicious of it, which is not fair to him as an artist. But go ahead, is, is that something, I'm sure that's something you must have heard in some way, some manner of speaking. Oh, absolutely. It's too easy. It's too palatable. It's too inoffensive. It's too simple. You know, you can go down the list. That's what a lot of people say they don't like about it. But what I think is interesting is not just that people don't like it, which is like, that's normal. I mean, every work of art, every artist has, you know, fans and detractors. But th- what I was interested in is the fact that people are so angry about his success, which is very different than just not liking music, <laughs> you know? Yes. Well, and I agree. And I agree. And, and one of the things about uh, Kenny G, one of, about this documentary film, um, listening to Kenny G, is that 
you managed to, I think, effectively pull back all of those kinds of um, curtains. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but you you strip it down. It's not fair to him. It's not fair to him as an artist. It's not fair to him as a musician and also not fair to him as a person. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we do many, many people react to his music the way they do. That's that's appropriate, like you said. But the fact is, and what we learn in this and is that he is quite a, an excellent musician. And and I would use as evidence that there's another scene early in the film where he's in concert and he steps into sort of he's in the back of the auditorium and he's playing on kind of sort of a platform uh, behind the audience. And I was, I have to tell you, that's the best thing I've ever heard him play. I thought it was really mm-hmm. appropriate. I mean, soulful, and it's it didn't sound like a, the expectation I think a lot of people would have if they if you said this is Kenny G. And I'm glad you well, captured I, that. Oh, good. I felt the same way because <laughs> I was there. <laughs> so I'm glad you you felt that way as well. Yeah, I mean, it really was an, a very very. It sounded deeper in many ways. It sounded more a little more raw, but it just sounded. It was really. I thought it was terrific. Well, just let's describe Kenny G in terms of. I mean, that's the other part of this documentary is that we get to know him as a person, and it's it's hard not to like him. He's really a seems like a very positive, open guy. How how would you describe him in a personal way? <laughs> exactly the way you just did. He's very positive. I would say he's happy. Yeah. He's a happy person. He's a happy person who's happy with himself. Pretty just like not too concerned with um, things that don't concern him, <laughs> you know. And he's very clear on what matters to him and what doesn't. And he's always like that. I mean, I spent a lot of time with him. I'm sure Kenny loses his temper or gets sad sometimes, you know, like a normal person. But his basic disposition is just quite cheerful and, and sunny, you know, which I thought was just, as you said, it's, it's, he's so likable. I mean, you just like like him. Like you're, I, I was smiling from ear to ear, like basically every second I spent with him. <laughs> like my face would hurt from smiling too much. Well, I, I, first I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Penny Lane. She's the director of a documentary film that was the opening night documentary film at Doc NYC, one of the premier, if not the premier, documentary film festivals of the year. And um, congratulations on opening night, as well as other films we know her from, from uh, Hail Satan, which I love. I love Hail Satan. And Nuts, which is another film that is, uh, for me, one of my favorites. And because for a lot of reasons, but not the least of which, it was prescient for the moment that it came out and a kind of a, a bellwether for the kind of people that we are willing to essentially elect to political office. And uh, I, yeah, and R. Nixon as well. That was the first film you came on the show for. So all of those are just fantastic documentary films. One of the other things that I found so engaging and likable about Kenny G, and that is that whatever it is that he's interested in, he puts in the time and the effort to be good at it. And I, I can't, I, how can you find fault with that? Well, absolutely. I mean, it really makes you feel lazy. <laughs> I mean, there's nobody who could possibly like live up to this dinner. I mean, I was just like, I'm so lazy. I should exercise more. You know, like just, it, he, he just doesn't have like a lot of neuroses. He doesn't have any neuroses. And so, you know, the things that keep a lot of us from really focusing and like achieving our dreams and, you know, getting better at the things that we intend to get better at, you know, they're really like neuroses or demons, and he just doesn't have those. And I, I was quite jealous. I mean, I felt like like I really wanted to be more like him, you know, in many ways. And that discipline, I just feel like I don't 
I lack it. I don't, I don't, I don't put in the hours the way he does when I want to be good at something. And um, yeah, it was just obvious to me that he has like a very high level of that type of thing. Yeah, he's a, an accomplished pilot. We see him flying. You, I assume, you were in it, in the plane with him when we were, when you're flying around. And uh, whatever he does, he and he he said, "There's another part of the film. I don't think I'm giving too much away." He said, "I could practice two hours a day, which would not be enough. I could pa- practice five hours a day, which would make me happier." You know, he's sort of he yeah. he's kind of willing to, and he's open about discussing his persona in terms of the perception of him, which I thought was was actually wasn't defensive at all. I just felt like, okay, this is who I am, and I know people feel this way about me, and here we yeah. are. What do you attribute that to? Is it, it, is it family? Is it, what is it? Has he been sort of, sort of his, uh, developed this kind of sense of, uh, over the years of being kind of on the butt of a lot of jokes, that he's developed this kind of personal kind of take on things? Is it, where was, what is it? What do you attribute that oh. to? That's the I mean, film. Well, first of all, <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, I have absolutely no idea. It's a short answer. I mean, people are mysteries. You know, how do people become the people they are? Like, none of us really know. Any answer we give can be will be way too simple. Right. Um, so, yeah, this is just who he is. I mean, I all I can say is that I feel like he's pretty consistent. He's just the person he is. And it seems to me that he's always been that person. Yeah, I'm sure he's developed a thicker skin and more confidence over time. Yeah. I mean, he's he's gotten a lot of positive feedback. People always focus on the negative feedback, but I mean, largely, his feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. He's the 26th best-selling artist of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's doing fine. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. got legions of fans all around the world, and he's had them for decades. So I mean, again, people focus on the negative feedback, but I mean, yeah. he's got an awful lot of positive feedback to balance that against. I mean, if I were him, I'd probably also ignore the critics. Who cares? Yeah. Well, increasingly, after seeing, listening to Kenny G, I feel like that's more about me than it is about him. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so I, I well, thank you, uh, Penny Lane, for your for your all of your work, the body of your work, as well as congratulations on listening to Kenny G. And thank really, you. really appreciate you spending a little time with us today on Film School Radio. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Take oh. care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.